see if he figures it out today. I haven't seen anybody in the water today. Oh, am I the kiss of death on that? Of course I am. Okay. Anything you can do, I can do worse. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Par podcast. Cole and Alex here for another week. Uh, I know you're probably sitting in the house right now, dying to get out, dying to go do something. In my opinion, you're doing the right thing. Stay home, stay out of the way, limit your contact. I mean, let's get let's get this curve, as they keep saying, the bell curve. Let's get it down. Let's get it a little more flat. We don't need this uh, thing taken off and then eaten into all summer. Yeah, we are live from new york city uh we're in the jungle right now we're trying to flatten the curve social distancing all the key buzzwords we're following along uh golf is out of our lives right now this hurts i'm not gonna lie i'll admit it like i'm more worried about not being able to go play golf than i am about wiping my own ass right now like that's crushing me if they start <laughs> shutting down golf courses, i believe it was pennsylvania actually took a stance and said, you know, we're limiting all the social environments and, and a golf course was on there. I'd rather eat canned beans or canned peas than not play golf this summer. I, I haven't seen any courses that have, uh, I didn't see that in Pennsylvania. I've been waiting for them to crack down, but like, I know they're trying to say groups of 50 or 150, they're throwing these numbers up, but a golf course covers a lot of acreage. So it's not like you're condensing a lot of people into one spot. So I think I'm okay with it. Um, not being shut down, and yeah, obviously I don't, I don't want to see this happen. But we've been losing golf tournaments left and right. Uh, this is, this is definitely no joke. Social isolation has become a thing. Yeah, and it's you know, shoot, what are we three, four days? Some people are you know a week into this, and they're already going crazy. You know, you're not able to leave. You've got to be you know stuck in the house. You've got to prepare your own food, and you know it's killing them. They're talking about all they want to do is get out. But you know what would make you want to stay in the house more? What's that? Getting some uh, custom-made, you know, environmentally friendly cutting boards and, you know, different stuff from our presenting sponsor, Honest Roots. Honest Roots creates sustainably made kitchen accessories so that you can feel good about the food you prep, cook, and serve in your home. All the wood used in their products are native, locally sourced, and locally milled for a minimal environmental impact. In fact, most of the wood comes from their very own property or neighborhood. They employ an environmentally friendly tree harvesting technique that only removes trees when necessary. They utilize many of Tennessee's native trees and use only all-natural plant-based wood finishing oils and waxes that contain coconut oil, mineral oil, vitamin E, and beeswax. Honest Roots is more than a name. It's a promise they make to their customers. It means that every item made is rooted in an honest, pure, and environmentally friendly methodology. They strive to be as resourceful as possible when designing boards to ensure that every piece of wood gets to fulfill its highlight and best purpose. Due to this method, please know that each piece will be a one-of-a-kind and no two pieces will be exactly alike. Join Honest Roots in embracing the distinctive beauty of thoughtfully crafted kitchen boards, trays, and utensils. Again, thank you to Honest Roots. Uh, I know that 
I mean, shoot, we've been doing this since before Christmas and we just keep teasing this idea that something's coming. I'm giving you a date right now. Next Tuesday, eight days away, check the Instagram page. There will be a major announcement from Honest Roots and Chasing Par and what we are calling the Honest Par line. It's a golf-centric line of custom-made, environmentally friendly golf items that you'll be able to put in your bag, hold your bag. I mean, you got to check it out. It'll be next Tuesday will be the first drop. I mean, that right there is a blessing. We've just had bad news after bad news after bad news dropped on us left and right. You're telling me that next week we've got we've got something in the collab space, I guess you could say, with Honest Roots. We'll tease this a little bit more. Get us excited there. So, yes, the we are yielding fruit from our tree that we've been talking about that you all think is probably BS, but we've got something coming. So we've created a line with Honest Roots, which I hope by now you've checked out online. We're calling it the Honest Par line. It's a little play on words right there. Both of our companies kind of mashed together. Uh, we're going to be making golf-centric stuff that is utilized uh, with reclaimed lumber, pretty much what they do with their uh, cutting boards. Again, we will be dropping it on Tuesday. Keep your eyes peeled. I'm excited for this project. I think, you know, me and, and the owner and his wife have been discussing, you know, avenues that we try to take. So it's finally coming to fruition. We are about to reap what we have sowed. Uh, keep your eyes out. I'm, I'm telling you, Tuesday's the day. Yeah, I'm pretty fired up for that. So, yeah, to all our listeners, keep checking our Instagram. We'll be pumping out some content. Get excited. As we said, they, they can take golf away from us, but they can't take collaborations away from us. So we'll keep it going. Or, I mean, you, or our ability to make money, which that's what this is all about. Amen, amen. So what's, what's kind of the state of golf down in the south where you're at? I mean, I know you said Pennsylvania has started to cancel. Any courses around you canceling? What's the – or is it just like every – Every husband and wife is like, oh, now we have our kids. There's zero chance we're playing golf. What's, what's the vibe like? Uh, you know, I, like you said, I haven't seen anything canceled just yet as far as, or excuse me, I haven't seen anything closed. Uh, I've seen a couple tournaments that were supposed to go on. I know if you anybody checked out the Sweetens Cove one, which is here in Tennessee, they still played their Friday the 13th tournament. Uh, you know, you're starting to see little onesie twosies. Uh, surprisingly in the South, the school is not, I mean, it's only out for the next two weeks. We've got spring break next week, so we're going to be limited by playing then. Uh, kids are out this week. You know, the governor, the mayor, you know, all these people are starting to kind of say, like, hey, let's limit this, let's limit our interaction. Let's limit, you know, get ahead of it. I'm with you, though. It's like a golf course by nature is spread out, right? Unless it's overly bogged down, which that might be something you see, limited number of tee times. Maybe you're putting people off every – 25, 30 minutes as opposed to every 10, 15 minutes. That's something I could maybe see in the future. But there's just too much space on most golf courses to make it a major concern. You know, if anything, I might recommend maybe walking over riding if you can. If you're going to ride, bring some Lysol wipes with you. Wipe that thing down. Spray it down before you head out there. But I haven't seen a whole lot, you know, as far as closing down. We have the uh, Augusta would technically, I guess, reside in the South, but that's in its own kind of class of its own. I know they uh, they shut down the club here into the summer. If I if I read that correctly, did you see that? Yeah, tough one. Uh, you know, I think everyone was thinking, oh, what's Augusta gonna do? They obviously pushed off there. I I mean, it makes sense with the kind of current state of the world. Not even just golf, but just in the larger context. I think it makes sense. It's just weird for us to ever think that 
you know, sports, not even just golf sports would be canceled like this, but yeah, in the, in the, in the Northeast here, definitely as they start to cancel more school, um, a lot of people working from home, obviously it seems like golf would be kind of a prime activity to get people outside, still enjoying the sunshine um, and not, um, overexposing themselves right you get a lot of kids home from college it seems like golf would be a great kind of format for them to spend their time uh, but I understand you know a lot of the moms and dads that typically like to get out and play are kind of burdened with uh, their kids being home and that can be a little bit challenging I'd like to see golf come through here come up with some creative solutions for parents who have uh, you know kids you know elementary school middle school high school kids home right what if we get some of that maybe like soccer golf which I've seen that's been kind of popular right where we we take out the golf holes we put in sort of bigger holes and the kids use soccer balls instead of actual clubs yeah, i've seen uh online there recently they had a uh, a course that took temporary flags and put them up and actually left the cup kind of exposed out uh the kind of the game was if you hit the cup and kept it within a club length of the cup and that counted as a good putt this reduced actually having to get down there and put your hand in the cup and touch Ooh. you know touch different things i thought that was a pretty cool way of doing it like you said, you could definitely get the, uh, you know, the, the, what's it called? Soccer golf, I think is like you said, what yeah. you called it. Foot golf, soccer golf, yeah. whatever it's called. I mean, this is a great time, uh, you know, for ga- golf to kind of like capitalize on a moment where, you know, social distancing, like we kind of joked about was like, even on a short par three, you're still 120 yards away from the next group. You should be, right? You should be playing with four people, which they say, keep, if you're going to have friend groups, make sure you're all practicing the same, you know, precautions. Don't be bringing people that you're not comfortable with in and out. So, in a, I mean, if you're playing with three other people, you should have a decent understanding of that. You know, you everybody's got their own equipment. Everybody knows what ball is theirs. There's no cross-contamination there where, like, you go to, a, you know, a t-ball game and every kid's got the same, you know, same youth glove. So, they're putting their hands on everything. Uh, it's, been, it's been, you know, pretty crazy around here. And like you said, I never expected to see this. Uh, I kind of joked with with my wife tonight. I said, you know, a lot of people will ask you, like, when's the moment that you knew that you had become your father? I had that moment tonight when I became our dad. Oh boy, let me let me just take a stab. Is it um, like cranking David Bowie while painting in some cotton shorts? It was. It wasn't. It wasn't that far, even though I probably have been there in the past. No, tonight was the night where like the kids had. I forget what the kids had for dinner, like cheeseburgers or something like that. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to eat what's left over in the fridge. I don't want to put more of a burden on the grocery. It's crazy the the impact that this is having, that people are go- trying to get ahead of this so much by stockpiling and everything like that. It's like I needed, I felt like I needed to eat like four-day-old, you know, chicken that my wife said, that's not good. I said, it's, it'll be fine. It'll be fine, just like dad used to do. Yeah. That's just what things are becoming. A lot of panic. Everyone obviously rushing out to the grocery store. So I can't blame you there for trying to hollow out the cabinets. But like we were saying, I'd like to see golf really try to make a bigger impact here, right? You know, you've got a lot of parents home with their kids. Can we open up some sort of like night golf for the kids, uh, clubs, leagues, lessons, something like that to, you know, maybe like a day camp for the kids, even though we're only in March and the weather's not amazing, you know what if these clubs got a little bit innovative and kind of took in some of these kids that are home from school and, and exposed them to the game in different ways, just, just kind of spitballing. I think it'd be a great opportunity for golf as well as um, other recreational activities around there. It's uh, you see, you know, like the top golfs out there that are making kind of like these fun games, like you said, 
drop your kid off. They got to kind of maybe have their own equipment. So we're not touching different stuff, but you know, like, like you've seen in the past where they'll set up hula hoops out there and you hit to the hula hoop, not far out, get some interaction with the club pros, you know, teach, teach golf, teach the hygiene behind all of this, you know, teach the etiquette of the game. It doesn't need to be going out on the course, but I'm with you. There's got to be ways to do it. I'm drawing a blank on the name of it right now, but Tiger's designing those little, uh, you know, kind of live action putt courses. Yes. Yes. I'm drawing a blank on the name of it. Someone will jump on our DM and say like, how the, how can you talk about it and not know the name of it? Uh, it's, it's escaping me, but something like that, some type of maybe take your putting green and make a, a putting course for kids that can show up and play. I'm with you on that. There's definitely got to be a way to involve kids and get them, you know, maybe get that PE, that physical education part out of the homeschooling. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting times. I mean, talking about the, the, the PGA tour specifically here, right? We know we've got a lot of postponements. We know there's a lot hanging up in the air. What's kind of your gut on when we might be getting back i don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist in any way shape or form but i don't see golf coming back for quite some time if we're being honest with each other here i think that this thing is going to get a touch out of hand as in you're going to see a peak in the amount of cases that are confirmed mainly because i believe that with the lack of testing that we have now once the testing becomes more available and there's more tests for the public we're going to see more people coming back positive and that's going to create a mass hysteria of, Oh my goodness. Uh, I don't know if anybody's seen the reports. They're saying there's no cases in West Virginia right now. There might've been one recently today, but kind of the theory was that Corona's already been through West Virginia. They had a big, what they called like this atypical flu about two months ago. It wasn't responding to medica- medication. It wasn't presenting in the same way the flu does. That could have been the coronavirus. So I think we're looking, I mean, and Trump said it today uh, that, this could go well into June, July, August, even. So I don't think we see golf back for quite some time. Yeah, that's, I'm kind of on board with you, Dare. I guess, you know, if we're talking into, let's, let's assume mid to late summer at the earliest, any ideas you might have, like, let's say you're running the tour right now, any thoughts you might have on like, one, what we do in the interim around golf, if anything, right, you obviously want to be sensitive to the times. Um, and then once we get back, how do we kind of play an accelerated schedule? Anything that's kind of like popped into your head that might be a, a potential good idea for either of those? I think, uh, I mean, you usually have the British Open or the Open, whatever they're calling that's middle middle to late summer, right? July, August timeframe. Yeah. I think that might be your, like, if we're trying to be hopeful and, and be smart, that might be the time to kick it off uh, to bring the PGA back right around there. I think... In the meantime, for in the interim, I would love to see the PGA put on almost like an exhibition, right? Like uh, like the match that we had with Tiger and Phil. Find four guys that are willing to meet somewhere and play, televise it, or make it a team competition. Like something that's entertaining. You're gonna have to limit the you know the the crowds. There are there can be none, but make it a production. Make it a show. And maybe do you know one one or two a month that you can find somebody. It doesn't have to be big time money, but just see and maybe take what those uh, tournaments that are now being canceled. Maybe make them a sponsor. Give them kind of that that light right there. Once we do return to golf, I think you it's like full go. It's all the important ones, right? We're, let's make the majors up, and then let's get the bigger tournaments in there. I don't need to see the Zurich Open. I apologize to the Zurich. It's a cool tournament, but I don't need to see that. 
when I've only had it, like when I'm on a shortened season. I don't need to see uh, the John Deere. I don't need to see that stuff. Give me the big stuff. Give me the big fields and, and, you know, bring me the majors back. What about you? What do you think should be done? Yeah, not, not bad ideas. My first one's kind of talking a little bit what you were mentioning there. I want to take uh, four, eight, 12 different guys, make them play their own individual home course, right? Wherever they set up, right? They just play by themselves. What we then do is kind of have a platform to gamble on them. Right. So there's preset bets. Will he hit the will he hit the fairway on number one? People are getting involved. They're both watching so we can have advertisements during this. And two, they're gambling on it. Right. Now obviously I know gambling is kind of a hot topic, but a lot of people that watch golf love to gamble on it. But keep it fan interactive in some way. These guys are then out there playing by themselves on their own course, no fans involved. Two, mic these guys up. Three, get some sort of fan interaction both through gambling and advertising i think it'd be a great thing and we, we could just have multiple cameras at multiple different sites i think it'd be a great way to kind of keep the fans into the game while also doing something that's never been done before like you said these kind of one-on-one -on -one matches have been great people want more of the insider info so like picture picture this right you get maybe kepka at his home course you get Deshambo at his home course you get JT, you get Ricky, you get Rory, all these guys playing separate courses, all on camera, all mic'd up with kind Simul of fan Simultaneously? Yeah, all on the same day. This is a great idea, and is there any better time to test out ideas, right? Like you're saying, like, let's let's just see what, if, it, if you can even do it or if it even works, what better time to do it than now? Yeah, I, that was one. And then the other, only other one I thought is some sort of maybe like a simulator league for the pros. Maybe not as exciting, to be honest with you. No one really cares, but could could be enough i mean you know how us golf fanatics are right we'll watch replays of tournaments from 25 years ago so if you give me any any new live content i'll gladly uh soak that right up i think there's a lot to be said for what kind of that idea of like simultaneous different course betting and gambling you can i mean you could pre-plan this where you're playing from relatively the same total distance right they can set the tees wherever they want and make it one uniform distance I really like this idea a lot and make, like you said, make it an interactive thing where you're, you know, let's just say like someone on course is able to say like, Hey Brooks, you're down one to Bryson right now. What are you going to do? You have four to go. Right. You know, Get people, them. the money just went through the roof that you're going to come back and win, like put the pressure on them, try this stuff out. What better time than now? Yeah. I feel like that would be a, just a great way for fans to stay involved, players to stay active. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, talking about the schedule, you know, if we're talking late July when the British usually happens, the Open Championship, um, I want to see four weeks back to back to back to back of the majors. I want I loaded. And I know there's logistical nightmares here, but I want it. I just want action for a month, right? My ideal scenario here is that we come back in July. We take all of August every weekend is a major. And then right when we're done, that leads us right into football season. Everyone wins. It's not a terrible idea. Did you see the idea floated around online about uh, taking, you know, the U.S. Open or the PGA and putting it at a place that, like, logistically couldn't handle crowds in the past? I know the big one was, like, putting it on at Ben and Dunes. What do you – you think there's any validity to that? I think there's a laundry list of courses that I saw got thrown around for this, the Pine Valleys of the world, the uh, – um, I mean, there's a bunch of courses that are not maybe in more remote areas that are, don't have the infrastructure to host 100,000 people. I think this is actually kind of genius. I'd love to see the 
the pros out there are abandoned on the West Coast. I mean, there's so many great options. Um, and I think a lot of clubs, maybe like the Pine Valleys of the world, might be a little tricky, but there's some other clubs out there that could uh, that could maybe make a bid for this, right? And once again, you wouldn't have any spectators, which is fine, but you get to see these amazing courses that everyone talks about. I'm all for it. And see the guys attack courses that are like, I guess, in reach of people that like us, like everyday person can book a trip to Bend and, I mean, we're, you know, I know Harding, Harding Park's one of the ones that's a public course, but you're not going to be playing some of these private venues that they play on. I'd love to see it. I think it'd be super cool. And it would almost be like, you know, we're helping the cause here. We're putting on entertainment while also practicing our social distancing or whatever they're calling it these days. So I don't think it's a terrible idea. I mean, just kind of sitting around, you know, like Twitter's kind of dead. Instagram's kind of dead. It's There's nothing going on. I mean, we've got the NFL free agency kind of peaked today, which uh, I don't know about you. I'm a little bit nervous about here. I'm not seeing the results that I want. But the having no sports has just been crucial. And it's like if there was ever a sport that could kind of play to the, you know, we're worried about the spread and we're limiting our spread, like golf is perfect, man. It's outdoors. There's distance on holes. I mean, you could do it without the spectators. I mean, how many tournaments do you see that you'll see, you know, somebody out there and there'll be two or three guys behind the green when there are spectators allowed, like this is the perfect setting to do it. We can increase the, uh, the viewership of it. You know, we could bring a lot more fans into the game of golf, hashtag grow the game. You can be doing all that stuff. So hopefully, hopefully fingers crossed. I mean, I'd love to see us get ahead of this coronavirus here and kind of knock it out as soon as possible. Yeah. It's uh, as we've preached to everyone, right. Let's try to, contain this let's try to flatten the curve do your part um but also still kind of live your lives um interesting times for sure there's not there's not much in the golf world um going on so i figured this cold close might be a good chance to kind of fire some questions at you let our listeners get to know you as a person a little bit better some of your your takes on golf we know you like to play heel we know you're a patrick reed sympathizer We've got all that. Let's get let's get a little. I, I've got a smattering of questions for you that I think uh, will help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. If that works for you, you know what? Let me uh, let me wash my hands, hand sanitize myself, put my face mask on, and let's roll. I'm down. Yeah. Let's go. Let's see what we got. Here we go. I said there were going to be golf questions, but let's start out with one that's not golf, but it's very very timely. Um, in this whole uh, coronavirus situation i'll call it there's been um you know you you see people right you're at work you're, you're a firefighter everyone knows that you're seeing guys there's that always awkward awkward minute or two right when you see someone you know how do i embrace them you know usually typically with your boys you dap them up or what's that you know from this list what's been kind of your go-to greeting with people right are you shaking hands are you doing fist pounds are you dapping up are you doing the elbow touch are you air hugging people from from afar, or are you even getting weird and getting into the kind of foot tap game? I'm a little bit ashamed that you called me on this. I am not air hugging. I am not air dapping. I'm not dapping. I'm not really doing any of that. I'm in the foot tap game. I'm all about the foot tap. Let's limit it, right? I'm all about the foot tap game. Uh, yeah, definitely. Just came. Uh, had to unfortunately go to a funeral this past weekend and uh, saw a captain show up, and he said, uh, "What you know we." are we doing this? Like the handshake thing? And I said, no, no, no. And I stuck my side of my foot out and he's like, Ooh, I like that a lot. So we're going, we're going toe tap, heel tap, whatever you got to do. We're going to keep it low, keep it out of the, out of the breathing area. Love that. I will have to throw a shameless plug for the foot tap as well. 
Um, if you're a group of people and you're saying bye to one another, a group foot tap is liberating. So highly recommend getting in the game there if you can. Uh, but moving on to golf. All right, let's start out with, uh, you know, we've got questions about a little bit of everything. Let's start this up. Favorite golfer of all time? Favorite golf of all time? Uh, not named Patrick Reed or? I had a feeling this might go down to Patrick Reed. Rex. Give us, no. give who's, you know. Favorite golfer of all time is going to be Tiger Woods, without question. Uh, like like we talked about, uh, 97 was when he kind of made his big splash on the scene, correct? Yeah, you're talking mid, yeah, 96. Mid 90s. I was about yeah. 10 years old then, so I I have vivid memories of Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is is the greatest golfer of all time, my favorite golfer of all time. So Ooh, you just actually answered my next question because I wanted to tee this up. So Tiger Woods is your favorite golfer of all time. I was then going to ask the best golfer of all time. I'm going to, I'm going to have to go Tiger Woods kind of going back to what we talked about on our last podcast when we were together. I just didn't get to see these older guys in their peak. And I, you know, it's unfortunate, but yeah, Tiger Woods is the greatest of all time. He's the great, one of the greatest, I would even say maybe one of the greatest athletes, greatest competitors of all time in any sport across all sports. I mean, honestly, it's hard to argue that. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners feel the exact same kind of about favorite golfer and best golfer of all time i would say probably 90 percent of people that play golf that are under the age of 30 or 40 probably got into it because of tiger woods so yeah i think tiger's single-handedly responsible for the 30 like you said 40 and under crowd playing golf it's probably because of tiger woods yeah fair enough kind of parlaying on the the tiger woods talk what is your thoughts on um Tiger breaking Jack's major record of 18. Obviously, we know Tiger's 44 years old. He's got 15 now. He needs three more to tie, four more to break. I want to say he can do it. That's my my wish. Wishful thinking is he can do it. Realistically, I don't know if it can happen. I'm not playing heel here. I just think we're seeing it right now. Like he's he's 44. Like his body's not where it used to be. He's starting to feel the aches and pains. He's been backing out of different tournaments now. I mean, everybody knows that Tiger focuses on the four majors. Those are the four, you know, I think he'll always play the four majors. Um, You know, realistically, you've seen it. He doesn't come out strong after the the couple weeks off. Like, it usually takes him a little bit to get rolling again. Uh, I thought uh, the PGA Championship at Belle Reve was one of the best shots he's ever had at winning a major when he didn't. Uh, Even though he didn't hit a fairway on on Sunday, he still scrambled his ass off and got in there. I want to say he can do it, but realistically, I don't know if he can just because of the age. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it's, it's something to be said, right? The guy's 44 years old. We know Jack won his last major, the 86 masters at 46 years old. Um, Times were a little bit different there. And once again, I'm, I'm not a Nicholas biographer in any ways, not sure what his body composition was at 46 years old. We know Tiger's been through a lot. Um, but it's definitely a good question. I mean, I think in our heart of hearts, we're hoping that he does it, but I'd probably be in the same boat as you there. I don't think it's – as a betting man, I, I wouldn't put money on that. Let me just get out ahead of this too before I start hearing the backlash here. I'll gladly eat crow if I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. Would love to. Would love I to. I want to be wrong. I'm telling you right now, I want to be wrong. I want him to do it. I would love to see him do it. I just don't know if he can just with the body. So I'm not saying he definitely can't. I want it. I would love it. I would, again, I will eat a legitimate crow for content on Instagram if he does do it. I just don't know if he will. Yeah, that's, I'm on board with you there. 
Um, Arnie or Jack? Ooh. I'm going to go Arnie because when I, like when I go out to eat, I order an Arnold Palmer every time. I, again, I didn't, I don't really know a whole lot about them. I honestly have no memories other than, I think it was when Arnie hit driver at the, off the deck. Uh, I don't even know what hole it was, but it's like a clip at the Arnold Palmer Invitational a couple of years before he passed away. Other than that, I don't have much memory of him. I know he took dank ass pictures back in the day, fucking oozed cool. I don't have a big, you know, understanding of Jack Nicholas. I've, I just, I don't have a basis on it. I mean, I don't, the golden bear, I think he has a T, doesn't he? There's a golden bear T out there. Ooh, I'm not sure. I Either way, right. the Arnold Palmer is substantially better. One of my favorite drinks. I'll take Arnold Palmer. And Fair a better enough. logo, and personally, but better logo than the Golden Bear. Ooh, shots fired on that one. We'll catch a little heat from that, but that's understandable. Um, all right, let's go up to next. We're, we're going to hop around. I know we've been talking a little bit about kind of favorite golfers and stuff like that. Um, balls on the fringe. Are you putting or are you chipping? Chipping. Ooh, perfect. If you're chipping, what club are you using? Um. I have a 58 degree lob wedge and that's what I'm using anywhere around the green. So now are you, are you always lobbing with that or are you driving it like more of a pitch sometimes with that too? Uh, I'll like, do a little bit, a little bit of both. Maybe it depends on, you know, playing it back. Uh, admittedly, I was a big fan of the uh, Phil Mickelson when he was giving those chipping lessons around the green there. I was a big fan of that. So placing the ball in the back of the stance, front of the stance with the lob wedge, I've tried to adapt that into my everyday game. Uh, you know, just kind of what the situation calls on. So, yeah, I'll, I'll lob some, I'll chip some, but I'm a big fan of chipping off the fringe. Yeah, you're just going for contact, let's be honest. Um, anyways, moving on. Uh, <laughs> power fade or baby draw? Roll of the dice, is that an answer? Whatever I can, whatever shows up that day? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, not a, so I, I probably should have framed this question. I shouldn't have said, what's your typical shot shape? Because we know there's no answer there. If you could shape, consistently big if here what uh what would kind of be your play baby draws yeah i feel like even though it's a baby draw it's still it's just got a better vibe to it i know a lot of like i feel like back in the day everyone was playing the draw then the then the kind of power fade became cool for some reason um but i feel like the draw regardless of it's a baby or power draw which i don't even know if they exist i feel like that's that's the go-to that's like the more that's the macho play yeah i love it i mean when i when I hit one, if I hit that baby draw, that nice draw, I literally will stand over it and like pose on it like it's the greatest shot of my entire life. Um, we've talked about it kind of in the past. I don't want to jump ahead, so if I do, cut me off here. But I bought the all my I bought the ping. Every ping driver I've had has had the uh, SF Tech on it, so it's promoting a draw. It's a draw bias driver. Um, I've had pretty good luck with keeping it on the left side of the fairway. That's been you know, I'm, I'm happy with that. So yeah, baby draw guy. Good. That works. Um, favorite club in the bag right now? Or I guess you you could go all time too, but I'm sure it's uh kind of flavor of the week style. Favorite club in the bag right now is probably the eight iron. I feel super comfortable with an eight iron. Um, I actually just bought a brand new pitching wedge. And last time I was out, I absolutely stuck this thing close. I mean, I stuck it damn near perfect each time. Uh, for a mid handicapper can as as well as a mid handicapper can but the eight iron has kind of been one of those clubs I just feel super comfortable with uh, all time it's probably been a seven iron I don't know why our dad drilled that the seven iron was supposed to be our favorite thing in the entire world 
Um, but I, I mean, probably all time I felt most comfortable with the seven, but as of late, the eight has really been my kind of go-to club here. Okay. All right. If you're, uh, if you're off the tee, are you, you know, what do you prefer first cut or in the rough? I'm going to go first cut. Uh, I hit the ball very, very high to begin with. If I'm in that rough and I can, you know, I'm going to fly it even more and there's no telling where it's going to go. Uh, if I can keep it in the, in the lower, you know, the first cut or uh, play courses that, you know, in the past uh, kind of kept a tight rough. It wasn't very long. It wasn't very shaggy. So I didn't mind it then uh, going down to a place like Nashville national, where they use the rough as kind of a penal area to deter you it's very difficult for me to play out of the rough there. So I'm definitely a first cut guy. Yeah. Team first cut always not against the rough by any means, but first cut for life. Uh, white belts on the golf course. Yay or nay. Am I going to get crushed for this? I just, I have a answer <laughs> truthfully. I, I have one. I wear one. Yes. It's not leather though. Can I say that? Uh, yeah, I, I'll let you make that clarification. All right. It's a braided, it's a braided rope, white braided rope belt. So leather's a no, anything non-leather's a yay? Yeah, I'll roll with that, yeah. Maybe, yeah, like if you've got one of those uh, fabric web belts, sure, or a braided rope, sure. Uh, leather belt with like a belt buckle, like uh, Bubba Watson-esque, that's going to be a no for me, dog. Next question, all right. Um, what type of ball marker are you playing with? Anything special? Uh, yes, I do have a couple special ball markers that I've been playing. I, uh, I don't know if I put this out here, but I, I served in the Army. Has that been put out yet? I think that might be new information, but I was in the army back. Uh, I got out in 2011. So we used to wear berets back in the day, like kind of the French beret. That was kind of our headwear um, on that. You would have a unit crest would be met. would be kind of pinned onto the front of the beret. I actually found the bag that had my old beret in it and all my old pins. So I took the pin part off. I pinched those off and I've been using that as a uh, ball marker. I also have uh, the unit that I was in. I was, I received a coin when I was in the military. And I've been kind of rolling that as well. So I've just been mixing the two up. Nice. How about I'll actually, uh, I'll actually I will post a picture of them online at some point. Yeah, I was gonna say share it with our fans out there. There's some pretty cool stuff. Um on the green, pin in or pin out. Pin in, but I always do this. I always go, oh, it doesn't matter to me, man, because I know most people are too <laughs> lazy to walk over there and get it, but I'm a big pin in guy. In fact, I'll admit it, I play golf with a guy and he always pulls the pin, knowing that I like it in, but he pulls it just to be, you know, piss me off to get in my head. Yeah, it's and a competitive it works. advantage. Yeah, yeah it works. That's it an works advantage play. Yeah, but I'm a pin, I'm a pin in guy. That's kind of like coughing in someone's backswing and match play or stuff like that, kind of the gamesmanship. I think if you touch the pin, you can rattle someone. Yes, and I'll I'll admit it. USGA. I used to leave the pin in long before you said it was okay. So <laughs> You're you're before your time for sure. Um, all right, this is going to be a really tough one, but let's just let's hear it out here. I know you're a big music guy. Uh, you can only listen to one song while you're on the golf course, and it's going to play on repeat. What is that song going to be? This is not going to take long at all. I have put a lot of thought into this. Uh, again, kind of funny that you asked this question. The backstory on this. I asked this question at the beginning of a deployment, except I asked it this way. You're captured by the enemy. They implant an earbud into your ear that can never be taken out. It will only play one song 24-7 for the rest of your life. What is that song? So I gave this about six and a half months. My answer is it's a little ditty uh, by Mr. Peter Gabriel. The song is Sledgehammer. I will play that. That is my favorite song in the history of music. 
let's hear the hate. That's all right. I can take it. But yeah, if that's my song. One song for the course, it's going to be Sledgehammer. Okay. So I, I know your taste in music here. I had you going, I, that's, that was a contender in my brain. I actually had you going uh, Eminence Front by The Who. Not a bad jam either, which made its appearance on the podcast a while back. I, I do have a, a soft spot for that one as well. Absolutely. Um, we but know if, going, you... if you're if you're going to let me pick any music here, like if I'm if I'm going one artist on the golf course, it's the greatest band in all of music history. Again, I'll take the hate. I'll take the heat. The Dave Matthews Band, all day, wow. every day, twice on Sunday. Wow, that's that's a bold statement, but we'll see what our fans have to say. What are, are kind of playing on the music theme what what are your thoughts on the golf course with guys playing music is that cool or is that not cool i'm not a big fan of it uh and i'm not a big fan of it just because it's like are you spending too much time messing with the what song's on are you looking for specific songs are you cool with just letting like pandora or one of these streaming apps go uh, and then it's like you know you start playing it and it's like what are you focused on are like are you there to like when I go out and play golf, I want to play golf. I'm not a big music on the golf course guy. Uh, it's just another deterrent. I also think it breaks down if you are playing with somebody and you have music on. It's just one more barrier that's you know making it more difficult for the two of you to just communicate and be friendly with one another. Yeah. So I'm a no music guy on the course. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I know it's becoming very popular out there, uh, but some of the old traditional golf uh maniacs out there hate it a lot of the new younger guys that guys and girls that are playing love it um i'm in the same boat as you there i can't get into it i just want to focus on golf exactly and i don't think it's like a like an old crusty country club vibe i just it's just one more thing that i'm worried about or that i'm listening to or having to deal with or and it's like you said they just want to simplify it and just play golf gotcha um let's let's fast forward a little bit here we're it's august of 2020 at this point, you've played, we'll call it 20 to 30 rounds, right? You've been out there, you've gotten your swings in. Your game's near peak, right? You're kind of in the best you'll be in 2020. I drop you off uh, down at Augusta. What are you shooting? Augusta, probably 120, 130. Really? The greens, man. I'm, I, that's always been kind of like putting thing like i can lag putt but i don't know how well you can lag putt down there with the greens being super fast a lot of contour on them um also i'm a big like uh when i'm under pressure i i poo all over myself like admittedly like that would be a big ass moment for me and i wouldn't probably do well up with it fair enough i mean i think a lot of people would poo in that scenario so I'm, I'm cool with that so we got you down at augusta you are spraying the ball left and right right yes oh yeah uh, what are you punching out with? What's your kind of go-to punch? What club? I have the, uh, it's the only, well, I have four clubs in my bag that are not ping, and, and my punch-out club is one of them. I uh, purchased a tailor-made uh, two-iron, uh, the ultimate driving iron there, and I love that thing uh, when I need to punch out. I can, you know, it's got a really soft feel to it, so I can, if I need to keep it, it's easy to keep low, and it's easy just to, you know, pop stuff out with, so probably that two-iron. Good. Good one. Yeah, two irons are hot right now, and they have been. Um, a lot of guys getting into those to kind of control, play a more controlled shot off the tee instead of letting driver just rip left and right. Exactly. I, I love it off the tee. Um, it's been I, Actually, last time I played, I think I hit it off the tee three or four times, which is probably the most I've used it in the last probably year and a half since I've had it. Good. 120-yard um, par three or 280-yard par four? 
120 yard par three. Really, you like your chances of sticking one? Yeah, uh, I think we talked about it a couple couple weeks back about trying to dial in the 150 and lower clubs, and I've really put a, a lot of focus into that, and I'm feeling better about that. Uh, the driver or the three wood, I mean, it's just a very iffy thing, and you know, you've seen me play golf before. I get those big eyes, you know. Oh, I can go for this one, and it doesn't really work out. So I'm more into the uh, the 120 down like that natural segue into my next question here i'm going to give you 500 bucks if you can hit uh five out of ten balls onto the green just 50 percent of them you get to choose your distance anywhere between 95 and 150 out what distance are you hitting from and what clubs it going to be the one i mean i like the eight iron which would be around the 140 150 region um but that's i'm adding distance which also adds uh left or right dispersion to it Let's go 115 pitching wedge. Precise, precision. An right easy, there. an easy 115 pitching wedge. Okay. Is that cheating though? Because I'm on the low end of the spectrum. No, I, I honestly think 95, 95 for me is probably, for a lot of golfers, is probably harder than hitting 150. I feel like most guys in the 140, 150 range are probably hitting a nine iron full, yep. uh, maybe an eight iron full. Uh, which they're probably more comfortable than hitting. We, we, most guys don't have a 95 club, right? Maybe a sand wedge, but you don't yeah, have to guess one of those. Yeah, guessing game is whether you go into that 50 or the 54 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think if you go like 115, 120 with a pitching wedge, I'd be, I'd feel pretty comfortable with that. Okay, all right. Um, talk about your least, your least favorite club in the bag. Today is the putter. Uh, I've been having, you know, I made a putter switch here recently. I don't know if that was the right decision or not. Uh, putting, I just feel like, is one of those spots, like, and they say, like, limit the three putts. Like, I excel at three putts. That's where I make my money at is the three-putt <laughs> game, and I shouldn't. I really shouldn't. I feel, obviously, we could all practice more, but I just don't. It's, you know, someday it's a read thing. Someday it's a speed thing. It just never really comes together. Uh, I've had it a couple times where I've putted lights out, but, again, that's a couple times. Um, so that's really been kind of my – struggle bust that i've been on lately is just the putter has not been working for me yeah i think it really ever since i said like one of my strengths was putting because i was able to lag lag butt and stuff it's just i like it hurt it and said like oh fuck you watch watch what you can do now (laughs) i remember that and it was in one of our first couple episodes Uh, also i said i was pretty decent with the wedges those have started to fail me as well. So I'm not going to tell any more strengths, strength and weaknesses on the podcast. Well, I guess maybe you should say you're, you're good at slicing and drawing the shit out of the ball. And then maybe you'll play some right down the middle. We'll never Ex- know. Exactly. Um, I set you out there at a, you know, we'll use kind of a similar scenario. I'm putting you out there at like 50 to 75 yards. You choose the distance. You, would you rather bunker in the front guarding the green or water in front of the green guarding it? I've never been one to be afraid of a bunker or water to be in. like, it, it, that's really never had me worried about it i mean there's uh like when i was a member at the country club quite a few holes had the bunkers in the front um there was one hole it was a par three that had water right in front of the green i don't think i ever hit one in the water in over two years of playing there uh water has never really been a deterrent water left and right that's a deterrent bunkers on the left and right that's a deterrent i feel like i can flight the ball and get it up and get enough distance on it it's just been whether it's going to go straight which way is it going to go so not really worried about either one and I know that'll bite me in the ass later. <laughs> Interesting take there. Well, let's let's assume we land you you know you land short into that bunker. Would you rather have a shot that's kind of a, a decent lie but a really high lip to get up and over, 
or a good lie, but you're actually in the, in the back of the bunker and therefore you have to kind of fly or carry the full bunker to get out. So the first one was, was kind of a crap lie, but an easy out. A decent, decent lie, but high lip. You got to get some height. The, the, the second one is kind of good lie. Don't need to get much height, but you need to get more carry. Oh, I'll right? take the carry on. I'll take the towards the back. I yeah. have not figured out how to get the ball up out of bunkers. I, I find myself kind of like just getting enough, getting it over the lip, like just enough. Like I've yeah. never really had a problem with it getting out, but I don't know how to f- get it high and get it to land soft. I haven't figured that out either. We need someone, whether you're a golf pro or you're just great in, in the traps, shoot us a DM. We need some help here. I'm not a trap guy at all. I can't get height. I can't get out. It doesn't matter where I am, but I would love to know just height in general, I think would be uh, very interesting. If you guys have any tips on that, send them our, send them our way. I think I play pretty well out of the bunkers. I mean, we played together a couple of times. I've never really had any major trouble with it, but it's like you said, getting the height. I have no idea how to get the height. They say you got to kind of scoop at it. And I just, I cannot do it. Explode the sand and all that. I can't do it. So Ooh, yes, yeah. if you can, uh, if you can get in our, hit us up and give us kind of a tutorial, we'd be more than happy to listen to it and try it. Yeah. You were just talking about exploding the sand. Any, favorite or least favorite kind of golf sayings or golf buzzwords that that you either really like or you absolutely can't stand hearing people say whether that's analysts or guys you golf with uh one of my favorite ones is is just you know when i'm standing over any shot i just keep repeating tempo like have tempo be in rhythm uh so that uh as far as stuff like that people say all the time like good ball gets old Oh, that's a good ball. Oh, that's a good ball. Yeah. Like, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, anything that anybody yells on a PGA Tour event when it's a tee box going on, mashed potatoes, get in the hole, Baba Booey, like I'm over that. Uh, one that I liked, I love to use because it's so condescending, and I like that. It's like that passive aggressiveness of it is when someone, you know, shanks one left or right, you know, just go, oh, oh it opens up over there. I like that one to condescendingly just make them, like, that's a terrible shot. I like that one a lot. Yeah, there's a lot out there that kind of grind people's gears. Uh, lately, I've been getting into people's, I, I think it's hilarious when people say, hate to see it, very condescending as well, or yep. couldn't have couldn't happened to a better person. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm all for that kind of trash talk. Uh, moving on. Let's talk. I know we talked talked about white belts a little bit earlier. Any sort of fashion icons you have in the in the game of golf, whether that's from back in the day or guys that are kind of playing today? Like a shit like <laughs> Shame to say what I'm about to say, but when you said fashion icons, first guy that came to mind, Justin Leonard. What? Yeah, Justin, Justin Leonard. Justin like, Leonard. Yeah, and like pleated khakis. Yeah, he's a big polo guy back in the day. Just a snazzy dresser back in the day. Um, wow! Shout out Justin Leonard. Uh, <laughs> I know. I told you I, that was the first name that came to mind. Like I used to be a big Justin Leonard guy just off the way that he dressed. I thought he was like a pretty well put together guy. Really? I'm picturing Justin Leonard in like big baggy khakis, that horrific um, Ryder Cup shirt that they had in '99. Uh, well, that's for the time. Again, for the times. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was fashionable in the times. But he was yeah. always kind of put well put together. Like, you know, uh, like I think. On course, like Tiger's got great style, but he sucks off the course. Um, my good friend Patrick Reed, I like his style because I'm a pastels guy. Like I'm, a, I like that kind of country clubby vibe. Notice Patrick wears a lot of pastels. Uh, I like to as well. So I would say like anybody that kind of falls into that more like that uh, kind of preppy ish kind of clean look to them, 
um, that would fall in there. So yeah, Justin Leonard's, uh, who else is out there that I liked, you know, fashion style, uh, like Brant Snedeker. I like Brant's look a lot. Sneds might be one of them. Yeah. Webb Simpson's got a good look. Adam Scott's got a classy look to him. Didn't like when he tried to bring the pleated back last year though. Yeah. But Adam Scott, you know, I like that type of look right there. Yeah. There's a lot of good dressers out there on the tour, both, uh, from the back in the day and some of these new cats. Um, any, what up, hey, what up, Justin Leonard? Hit us up. Yeah, shout out to Justin Leonard. Uh, any style that you hate on the course you can't stand seeing guys wear, guys or girls? On the non-PGA circuit, uh, I guess if you're going to your local course, if you wear jeans and a T-shirt, if you wear cutoff jeans and a cutoff T-shirt, if you don't wear the proper attire, I'm, I guess call me old an old fart, but I, I cannot stand that. Uh, I really can't. I also, uh, where I live, I see a lot of like what I call like the uh, disgruntled veteran look, which is the like 5'11 tack pants and a t-shirt type thing. Yeah. I don't like that look out on the golf course. And then I'm, I'm not like a big fan of the like vibrant, like, all right, I'll, I'll say it like the Ricky, Ricky Fowler or the highlighter look. crowd. Yeah. I'm not a highlighter crowd guy just because I think it looks like, kind of douchey like it looks like you're trying to be the 80s but also i don't know it's just a weird look yeah gotcha uh bucket hats yay or nay nay big nay big nay okay what about like the joel Dommens? those are kind of like bucket hat plus a little bit more still a big nay not never been a big fan of the bucket hat ever yeah that's i think we got to leave that kind of stuff to bill murray and caddyshack and just keep it there it was i'm a i'm a ball cap and i I don't know if I have enough stones to pull off a tour visor, but I do like the tour visor as well. Yeah. I, I, so funny you mentioned that. I've been looking at the tour visors. You need a lot of lettuce up there, and I don't have that. So it just doesn't look good. Yeah. I don't, yeah. There's certain, it takes a certain level of confidence to do that. I don't know if I have that just yet. Yeah. Um, we talked about your boy, Justin Leonard, and Ryder Covers. Uh, I know you're obviously a, a diehard American fan, right? You're oh, a yes. Patrick Reed lover. Obviously, we both are big fans of Team USA, but are there any guys that you just absolutely adore from any of the, you know, either current or past Euro- European teams, like guys you have soft spots for? Oh, Tommy Fleetwood. I am really? a huge Tommy Fleetwood guy. I have been for probably three and a half. Like, we, I think, again, we talked about this on the last pod is that I'm a big Tommy Fleetwood guy. It's never paid off for me, but I love Tommy Fleetwood. I love the way he games. Uh, I love everything about him as far as that goes. Uh, and then, I mean, I was kind of on the Rombo kick. I like that Rom is just a, such a fucking head case. Like, that excites me that he's so unstable. I like that about him. Um, but, yeah, probably Fleetwood's probably – Fleetwood's one of my boys. I love Fleetwood. I love Tommy Fleetwood. But, uh, but unfortunately, he's European. Uh, I don't get to root for him every, every week of the season. Yeah, fair enough. Fleetwood without the hair, is he still kind of up there for you? He still does it for you? Yeah, there's something about his swing and it, the way that he plays the game. Uh, he's got that like he always he chokes down on everything. I don't know why I think that's cool, but I just think it's cool. He's got that cool follow through that's kind of like a cutoff follow through, uh, just like a, a pretty cool vibe about him where he just doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Uh, t- not not the greatest putter in the world, kind of like myself. Uh, but yeah, I'm a big big Tommy Fleetwood guy. Okay. Well, weird question for you here. Any favorite PGA Tour caddies? I mean, once again, I, I don't think these guys get a, guys and girls get a lot of glory, but there have been some notable names through the years that have definitely uh, made a profile for themselves. Anyone that you're into? Kessler, Corain, 
the caddy for for (laughs) Patrick Reed. Uh, A big fan of his. Pretty cool on social media. Also, I mean, he's got the, you know, when he pushed the guy down there at the President's Cup. Uh, I mean, he's just one of those guys. He's he's got a noticeable fit. You know, you can, you notice him on the golf course, just carries himself in a cool way. Uh, Outside of that, you've got Stevie Williams, obviously. I mean, everybody knows Stevie Tiger's, you know, sidekick for so long. Uh, Joey, Joey LaCava is pretty good there too. Not only because he currently caddies for Tiger, but he used to caddy for Freddie Couples, who we were, you know, big fans of back in the day uh, because of our father. So I like Joey. And then uh, outside of that, I mean, I I mean, there's, there's not, there's only a handful of, right. The the kind of big personalities out there. I mean, there's a lot of guys that get a lot of notoriety, the fluff gowns of, you know, when he was caddying for Tiger, I wouldn't say he's like, there's not much to him that we know as of now. Whose bag is he on right now? Oh, I forget who he transitioned to. Help me out. Eric. Jimmy? The oh, Jimmer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Kessler, Kessler's my boy. I like Kessler. I like team. I'm all in on team Reed. I told you this. Yeah, I am yeah, team I Reed. And this then uh, Stevie. Stevie Williams and probably Joey. Probably, okay. the, you know, the big three for me. I forgot to ask this when we were just talking about fashion, but this is kind of the last question I have around fashion and your style. Um, we're putting you on the tour today. We're going to give you a hat deal, a shirt deal, and a club sponsor. Who you uh, who you rolling with? I will say you can you can rep anyone, right? You can rep the top the top of the top that everyone knows. Or you know we're we're involved in the Instagram community. There's some cool startup brands that are repping. Who who are you kind of riding with? You know, give us a hat, give us a shirt, and give us a club sponsor. All right. So for the hat, I'm repping. Uh chasing par podcast of course oh let's go all right so i'm taking i'll take the chasing par podcast uh hat which check out the instagram the hat game is so strong and will only get stronger throughout the year love that uh if i'm going shirts does that include like jackets vests outerwear or is this just a polo no this uh this can be anything you know you've got golf style on the course typically it's kind of your golf polo however you can wear whatever you want all right, so I'm going with a brand, uh, Solo New England. That is my my shirt, coat, vest. That's my everything. Check them out online at Solo New England on Instagram. Cool Ash Company, kind of a newer company out there starting up. They put out some awesome products. Gonna re- I'm going to rep Solo New England for sure. Love that, dude. Keeping it. So you got Chase and Parr out of New England area. You got yep. Solo out of New England area. What do you got for a club sponsor? Club sponsor is going to be, I'm a ping man. Let's go. My my club deal is with ping all the way, full bag, full set. Oh, that actually transitions me to bag sponsor. I didn't even ask. I know you're a big bag guy, right? Ooh. You've got, you've got flair. You've got style. You've got unmatched potential on the bag name. Who are you riding with on the tour? Who, I mean, there's so many great brands out there, right? You can obviously pick. You know, one of the big name sponsors. I don't think you're going to go that route. Um, who who are you repping for a bag? Probably going to go. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if they make a staff bag, but I'm sure they could. Uh, Mackenzie Golf Bags. I'd probably go with my staff bag or with my bag. That'd be my bag deal right there. In the process right now, of getting one ordered a uh, very brand specific for us one. So working on that. Hopefully have that by the end of the summer here. Got to you know put some dollar bills. You know dig them out from underneath the yard expensive but make a cool ass bag and a quality bag so that's where i'm going with that okay i like that um let's only a couple more questions just to you're gonna let me pick pants and shoes 
No, I'm, I, I was actually, we can give you a shoe deal. No, yeah, pant, get, I want a pant deal. Oh, we can give you a pant deal. Too, Go in Lululemon. Stop. Don't you some dare. of the best pants out there, man. You got me hooked on those. Or am I not supposed to tell people that? No, I mean, that's the, that's the hidden secret, the hidden gem in the golf world. I know there's plenty of guys that rock it. Um, the best pants going by far. Price is definitely high. Oh, yeah. Um, but quality is unmatched, dude. It's, it's so good. So it's, good. It's like a permanent hug around your legs. It, it yes. just keeps everything feeling warm if you need to be felt warm. You've got some nice flex in them. They, they're stylish. They're cut very well. The colors, the material, I mean, we can go on and on. We would love them. Uh, shout out to the Lulu crew to hook us up. Do I get a, do I get a shoe deal here? All right, let's round it out with a shoe deal. And All right, give me. You know what? Let's, let's throw in a ball deal while you're at it. Give me uh, G4s on the feet. Really? I like the classic shoes, man. G4s? I was not cool, picturing that. They make some cool stuff. I know I'm kind of, I got a couple other brands, but if I'm going to pick a shoe deal, I'm going G4. And the okay. ball, Get Bridgestone. Oh, Bridgestone, let's go. All right. Bridgestone all, right. all the way. All right, we can respect that. Um, we're going to put you, you know, now that you're a tour player, we're going to put you into a scramble, right, with your current game. You get to play with three other PGA Tour players. Who are you putting in your foursome and why? As well, where are you contributing in this scramble? Right. Current taking... tour players. Sorry, I should clarify here. Not of all time current tour players you get to pick three of them give me three guys why you're picking with three of them and then you know where are you contributing and if you say hot dogs at the turn that's completely acceptable all right so give me tiger we'll take tiger for the obvious i mean is there anything is there anything maybe not the drives but i want everything else i want the approach i want the stuff around the green i want the putting uh so i'm taking tiger then i'll probably go with uh my local nashvillian i'll take me some brant just so I can yell Brant all at him all day. Also, a guy just cures it all the time. Great. I mean, he's a very good putter. Proven winner. I'll take him. I mean, I know everyone's sitting there scratching their head saying, who's my third guy going to be? Yeah, I wonder. Patrick Reed. Ride or die. I'm taking Patrick for trajectory. I think he is the trash god. Uh, stripes it. Has every shot in the book. You know, he's again proven winner, thrives in pressure situations. So if he's playing with me and Tiger and Brant, like he's gonna feel the pressure there. So yeah, so that's why I'm gonna go Tiger, Brant Snedeker, Patrick Reed, and my involvement, my contribution to the crew, a light attitude, fun, laughter. I'm gonna keep it light. We're gonna have a lot of fun. And maybe just maybe I, you know, put something close around the greens with the wedges, or maybe they let me hit with an eight iron and I uh, just put something close. So I'm probably not contributing as much as as those guys are. Maybe get a couple. Maybe get a drive or two in there. Probably not the distance. Uh, maybe some chips might. You know, some chips. Maybe a lucky Short putt game. here or there. Yeah, that seems like a solid contribution. Um, also, you're you know we, we're talking about you being on the tour. Which combination of events would you rather win? A Masters and a Players, or a U.S. Open and a PGA? U.S. Open and a PGA. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The I'm players. US, I'm a big. I'm a big USA guy. Yeah, no, I figured as much. That's probably right. a, a good draw for you. Uh, you're 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 at the U.S. Open. You're on the 18th hole. You got a five foot putt to win it. Tell me about your ideal five footer to win too. Not even just in general, five footer to win. What what's your go to? What's it look like? It is. Uh... And don't say up a ramp through a windmill. No, no, no. 
probably left to right, maybe a touch downhill. So I can under, so if I under hit it just a little bit, it'll still get a little bit of roll to it. And again, left to right, maybe two cut, maybe two balls outside the cup. Not a big breaker, a nice soft, gentle breaker, a little bit downhill. And you're playing, yeah. So you want something you're playing outside the cup. So yeah, it's oh, a, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. touch putt. Yes. Exactly. There's no driving this home. No. No, I don't have that skill and ability to drive it home. I need to play with the bank. That's where I make my money at. Okay, all right. Um, two questions left for you. Uh, we know you've been playing the game for quite some time. Um, give us like a quick piece of advice for, for people that are listening to the podcast that love golf, watch it on TV, but don't play themselves, but want to get into it. Uh, work back. So work from the hole back to the tee. Uh, I have three young children at home who all want to, you know, they all love golf. We work on putting, we work on chipping. We don't ever hit any woods. Uh, work back, man. That's where you're, that's where my game struggles the most is as the, the closer I get to the hole, the worse I get. I, you should be a great putter. Start from the putting green and then work your way back. That would be my one bit of advice. And you know what? If you're interested in the game, Get yourself a putter. Get yourself, like you said, a plastic cup. You can do it at the house, and you can just get better with having a good solid stroke. So work back from from pin to tee. Good. like that advice a lot. I think that will be helpful for a lot of people looking to get into it. Last question here. I know we've uh, had a battery of questions. It feels like 21 questions. Um, we're talking about you on the tour. You get to be a pro for a year, and, and luckily you're in every major, man. You get to be invited. Um, which of the following lineups are you rolling with? This is your kind of ideal um, pick. So if you've, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take 2019, had the PGA at Bethpage. Yep. Um, that had the U.S. Open at Pebble, and that had the Open Championship at Portrush. And then, of course, you, you get Augusta every year. Um, okay. 2020 has the PGA, hopefully, at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco that we talked about. Yep. U.S. Open's uh, down at Wingfoot, great location on the East Coast. And then uh, you've got the Open Championship at Royal St. George's in England. 2021. Uh, and once again, 2020, of course, you get Augusta. Every yep, year. Yep. Oh, yeah, every year you get Augusta, yeah. 2021's got the PGA at Kiowa in South Carolina. You then go to the U.S. Open at Torrey, and then the Open Championship's out at St. Andrews. A lot of allure, uh, good vibes there. I'm going to throw this last one in because we're Northeast guys. 2022 i know some of this is still being settled the open championship hasn't picked a venue yet but you're getting the pga at trump bedminster out in new jersey um, supposed to be a great course not about i don't know maybe an hour outside of new york city maybe an hour and a half tops it's supposed to be beautiful and then you're getting the u.s open coming back to brooklyn at the country club um which of these is kind of your dream pick all right so we are going obviously we have the masters are at augusta we're going to take the PGA at Kiowa. Wow. Big ocean vibes guy. Yep. The U.S. Open at a course that I would potentially give my left testicle to play at the country club. Oh, you're mixing and matching here. You're not even picking one. Year oh, playing. oh, I thought I, oh, okay. Oh, that, I was that, mixing and matching. No, give us, give us the dream then. Give us the All dream. All right, the course. dream. So we're going, like I said, Augusta, Kiowa, the country club. And if I'm, when I go across the pond, I was blown away with uh, just the way that they presented this on TV, the way the course looked. I'm going Port Rush. I mean, the home of golf, I, I get it, but Port Rush just looked like 
out of this world. So I would love to play that place. That if I could build my perfect, that's what I thought the question was. Build your perfect oh, one good. out of the four. I'm going, uh, yeah, Port Rush there. I like that kind of build your own four. I mean, you're through the gauntlet, man. You gave us a lot of good insight on kind of your golf game, your thoughts on fashion. I hope you get chewed out on a few of these things. Hopefully our listeners are going to slide in our DMs a little bit here and rip you apart. That's all I had, man. I mean, golf right now is at a little bit of a standstill. doesn't mean you still can't get out there, practice your game, whether that's indoors, outdoors, on your local course, just doing drills inside like we talked about in last week's podcast. Um, the game is very much alive. We we need people now more than ever to be embracing it and kind of championing the, the, the spread of the game, whether that's a local club inviting kids out to play that kind of foot golf like we were talking before, setting up camps. Um, now I think is a great opportunity to kind of grow the game and, and spread awareness and spread the brand. Um, so, yeah, thanks for answering our questions there. There's some good, good insight. And like I said, I, I'm encouraging our fans to rip them apart. I'm also encouraging Justin Leonard to at least give us a hat tip for – kind of throwing in some props on being a style god definitely did not see that coming i didn't either like i said i think i prefaced it with hey man i'm a little nervous to say what i'm about to say but it was a lot of fun uh we will definitely do this again we'll just reverse the roles here maybe ask you different questions let you kind of forget about all this though so it's uh kind of rapid fire because full disclosure i did not have any notification on what was going to be asked tonight this was all off the cuff so uh, in fact, that it was proposed, the idea was proposed, hey, I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions. Had no idea. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Again, like I said in the two weeks ago podcast, come at me, bro. I'm ready. Me and Team Reed are ready. We are ready to take you on. Just leave, leave Peter, Peter Gabriel, you know, uh, the Dave Matthews band. We don't need to get into all that. That's irrelevant to what we're talking about. But it was a lot of fun. And like you said, I mean, do the right things, but golf is still very much alive. Find find a way to keep practicing. Trust the process. Get a little bit of work in where you can. If you can sneak out on the course, do it. I mean, it's trying times. Don't get caught up in all the craziness. Just do what you can do to keep you, yourself and your family safe. Uh, that's really all that anybody can ask you to do. It was a lot of fun. Hopefully, I mean, this all passes very soon. Hopefully, we brought a little bit of laughter, a little bit of joy to your afternoon. Justin, hit us up. You know, I'll willingly take that hat tip from you. We appreciate it. Smash the like button. Smash the subscribe button. Leave a comment for us. Check us out on on uh, Instagram at Chasing Par Podcast. On Twitter at Chasing Par Pod. Thanks to our sponsor, Honest Roots. Again, eyes peeled for the Honest Par line. We appreciate it. Thanks for rolling with us. Keep chasing. Bro.